Welcome to episode six of the Examine Life podcast titled Six Toxic Relationship Habits Most People Think Are Normal. While still fresh in January of 2019, let's go over six toxic relationship habits that most people think are normal. Number one, the relationship scorecard. What is it? The keeping scorecard phenomena is when someone you're dating continues to blame you for past mistakes you made in the relationship. If both people in a relationship do this, it devolves into what I call, or what many call, the relationship scorecard, where it becomes a battle to see who has screwed up the most over the months or years, and therefore, who owes the other one more. Why is it toxic? The relationship scorecard develops over time because one or both people in a relationship use past wrongdoings in order to try and justify current righteousness. This is a double whammy of suckage. Not only are you deflecting the current issue itself, but you're ginning up guilt and bitterness from the past to manipulate your partner into feeling wrong in the present. If this goes on long enough, both partners eventually spend most of their energy trying to prove that they are less culpable than the other, rather than solving the current problem. People spend all of their time trying to be less wrong for each other instead of being more right for each other. So what should you do instead? You should deal with issues individually unless they are legitimately connected. If someone habitually cheats, then that's obviously a reoccurring problem. But the fact that she embarrassed you in 2010 and that now she got sad and ignored you today in 2019, it has nothing to do with each other. So don't bring it up. You must recognize, and both of you, I'm saying, that by choosing to be with your significant other, you are choosing to be with all of their prior actions and behaviors. If you don't accept those, then ultimately you are not accepting them. If something bothered you that much a year ago, you should have dealt with it then. Number two, dropping hints and other passive aggression. In other words, instead of stating a desire or thought overtly, your partner tries to nudge you into the right direction of figuring it out yourself. Instead of saying what's actually upsetting you, you find small and petty ways to piss your partner off so then you'll feel justified in complaining to them. Now, why is this toxic? It's toxic because it shows that the two of you are not comfortable communicating openly and clearly with one another. A person has no reason to be passive aggressive if they feel safe expressing any anger or insecurity within the relationship. A person will never feel a need to drop hints if they feel like they won't be judged or criticized for it. So what should we do? We should state our feelings and desires openly and make it clear that the other person is not necessarily responsible or obligated to them, but that you'd love to have their support. If they love you, they'll almost always be able to give it. Number three, holding the relationship hostage. What do you mean by that? Well, when one person has a simple criticism or complaint, and blackmails the other person by threatening the commitment of the relationship as a whole? For instance, if someone feels like you've been cold to them, instead of saying, I feel like you're being cold sometimes, they will say, I can't date someone who is cold to me all of the time. Why is this toxic? It's emotional blackmail, and it creates tons of unnecessary drama. Every minor hiccup in the flow of the relationship results in a perceived commitment crisis. It's crucial for both people in a relationship to know that negative thoughts and feelings can be communicated safely to one another without it threatening the relationship itself. Otherwise, people will suppress their true thoughts and feelings, which leads to the environment of distrust and manipulation. 
So what should we do? It's fine to get upset at your partner or not like something about them. That's called being a normal human being. But understand that committing to a person and always liking a person are not the same thing. One can be committed to someone and not like everything about them. One can be eternally devoted to someone, yet actually be annoyed and angered by their partner at times. On the contrary, two partners who are capable of communicating feedback and criticisms towards one another, only without judgment or blackmail, will strengthen their commitment to one another in the long run. I'll state that part again. Two partners who are capable of communicating feedback and criticism towards one another without judgment or blackmail will strengthen their commitment to one another in the long run. Number four, blaming your partner for your own emotions. <laughs> what do I mean by that? Let's say you're having a crappy day and your partner isn't exactly being super sympathetic or supportive at the moment. They've been on the phone all day with someone or some people from work. They got distracted when you hugged them. You want to lay around at home together and just watch a movie tonight, but they have plans to go out and see their friends. So you lash out at them for being so insensitive and callous towards you. You've been having a bad day and they have done nothing about it. Sure, you never ask, but they should just know to make you feel better. They should have gotten off the phone and ditched their plans based on your lousy emotional state. Now, why is this toxic? Blaming our partners for our emotions is a subtle form of selfishness and a classic example of the poor maintenance of personal boundaries. When you set a president that your partner is responsible for how you feel at all times and vice versa, you will develop codependent tendencies. Suddenly, they're not allowed to plan activities without checking with you first. All activities at home, even the mundane ones like reading books or watching TV, must be negotiated and compromised. When someone begins to get upset, all personal desires go out the window because it's now your responsibility to make one another feel better. The biggest problem with developing these codependent tendencies is that they breed resentment. That's right. They breed resentment. Sure, if my girlfriend gets mad at me once in a while because she's had a bad day and is frustrated and needs attention, that's understandable. But if it becomes an expectation that my life revolves around her emotional well-being at all times, then I'm soon going to become very bitter and even manipulative towards her feelings and desires. So what should we do? We should take responsibility for our own emotions and expect our partners to be responsible for theirs. Now, there is a subtle yet important difference between being supportive of your partner and being obligated to your partner. Any sacrifices that are made should be autonomous choices and not seen as expectations. As soon as both people in the relationship become culpable for each other's moods and downswings, it gives them both incentives to hide their true feelings and manipulate one another. Number five, displays of love jealousy. Display of loving jealousy is when your partner gets upset when you talk, touch, call, text, or hang out or even sneeze in the general vicinity of another person, and then you proceed to take that anger out on your partner and attempt to control their behavior. Sounds confusing? It's really not. This often leads to the insano behavior, such as hacking into your partner's email, looking through their texts while you're in the shower, or even following them around town or showing up unannounced when they're not expecting you. Now, why is this toxic? 
Well, it shouldn't surprise none of us that some people describe this as some sort of display of affection. They figured that if the partner wasn't jealous, then that would somehow mean that they weren't loving you or weren't being loved by them. This is absolutely not true and is not viewed that way by most partners. It's controlling and manipulative. It creates unnecessary drama and fighting. It transmits a message of a lack of trust in each other. And to be honest, it's demeaning. If my girlfriend cannot trust me to be around other attractive women by myself, then it implies that she believes that I'm either a liar or be incapable of controlling my impulses. In either case, that's a woman that I don't want to be dating. So what should we do? We should trust our partner. It's a radical idea, I know, but jealousy is natural, at least some of it. But excessive jealousy and controlling behaviors towards your partner are signs of your own feelings of unworthiness, and you should learn to deal with them and not force them onto those close to you. Because otherwise, you're going to eventually push that person away. Number six, buying the solution to relationships problem. <laughs> we all should know what that means, but in case you don't, here it goes. Anytime a major conflict or issue comes up in a relationship, instead of solving it, one covers it up with the excitement and good feelings that come with buying something nice or going on a trip somewhere. My parents were experts at this, and they got them real far. A big fact divorce and 15 years of hardly speaking to each other. They have both since independently told me that this was the primary problem in their marriage, continuously covering up real issues with superficial pleasures. Now, why is this toxic? Not only does it brush the real problem under the rug, but it sets a unhealthy precedent within the relationship. This is not a gender specific problem, but I will use the traditional gender situation as an example. Let's imagine that whenever a woman gets angry at her boyfriend or husband, the man solves the issue by buying the woman something nice or taking her to a nice restaurant or something. Not only does this give the woman unconscious incentive to find more reasons to be upset with the man, but it also gives the man absolutely no incentive to actually be accountable for the problems in the relationship. So what do you end up with? A checked out husband who feels like an ATM and an incessantly bitter woman who feels unheard. What should we do? Well, actually, you know, deal with the problem. That's what we should do. The trust is broken. That's obvious. But talk about what it will take to rebuild it. Someone feels ignored and unappreciated. Talk about ways to restore those feelings of appreciation. Communicate. There's nothing wrong with doing nice things for a significant other after a fight to show solidarity and to reaffirm commitment. But one should never use gifts or fancy things to replace dealing with the underlying emotional issues. Gifts and trips are called luxuries for a reason. You only get to appreciate them when everything else is already good. If you use them to cover up your problems, then you will find yourself with a much bigger problem down the line. You have been listening to Episode 6 of the Examine Life Podcast.